fellow watch lovers. Nerd. Whoa, geez. What, what's 200 episodes here? and I just powered down. Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. What just happened to me? I think it's you're like uh, the mom in uh, Umbrella Academy. You're maybe just actually a robot, I'm even just though like, you're personable and loving. That was weird. That's never happened before. Well, it happens to me about every third episode, so... Whoa! <laughs> and we're keeping it because we got the beer crack, so... How, how you doing, Andrew? I, well, I, I thought I, I was doing pretty Andrew, okay. how are you doing? I, whew, I don't know. I had, a, I had a long weekend, right? I had two big social engagements over the course of a weekend, right? I had my dad's 70th birthday, which was really fun, but it meant that we had to drive to Portland. I didn't know your dad was the same age as me. Say same age, right? Makes sense, though. That's why we get along so well and have this, you know father-son relationship and um <clears throat> but yeah it was fun it was just there was a buckload of people there I'm, I'm not you know particularly big on social engagements yeah, and long people. drive i do um and then so that was sunday and then yesterday i had a big work picnic so about 15 of my coworkers and then all of their families we rented out a, a big gazebo at one of the blm parks here the bureau of land management and that's apparently not a commonly known thing in Outside of the West Coast. It was a Bureau of Land Management gazebo, to be Yeah, clear. a Bureau of Land Management gazebo on a federally owned public land. So we did that, which was, a, again, another big social engagement with a bunch of people that I know and I work with, and then all of their families, and then my two wild children who were tired from the pr- previous day and now the current day. So it was just a little bit of a long weekend, but certainly fun. It sounds nice, though. It was lovely. It's we had, It was perfect weather yesterday for it because it's in this really heavily timbered park. Mm-hmm. And Sam was commenting it on our drive, commenting on it on our drive in. So we leave the the like rural highway and go into the woods. And over the course of the mile drive back, it dropped twenty full degrees. Oh! So back in the park, it was like just a beautiful seventy five. It was that's awesome, wonderful. Yes, it was great. Which is my speed. That's like that's the peak of my comfortable temperature range. So it was good. Just a little worn out and excited to be doing this. Besides, I mean, apparently I'm very worn out because I short-circuited. But I have beer. We're drinking Kirkland. Costco beer. Let's do it. I've never had a Costco beer that I didn't like, though. This is fine. They're all perfectly palatable. It's fine. And you can buy it in bulk. Huge, yeah. Only in in bulk. (laughs) So, Everett, how are you? Yeah, I know this is weird. I I actually don't know what to do. I don't know how to go after you. Uh, I'm well, yeah. You know, uh, sort of same old, same old. It's uh, end of end of summer. Still, it's not hot as balls, but it's, it's still balls tomorrow. Warm, yeah, it's gonna be hot tomorrow, uh, which I love. So the days are getting a little bit shorter. Sunsets are earlier, but it's still warm. You can do anything you want. If you if you walk too fast outside, you might get sweaty. I love it. I love this time of year. Pass. <laughs> well, pass. We are going to talk about watches today, and and not only are we going to talk about watches today, we are going to celebrate. How, how did? By the way, how did we get here? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. We are celebrating the two hundredth episode of Forty and Twenty, and that's two hundred actual Thursday episodes. That's not. That's it's not, not audio reviews. Yeah, that's it's right. Not the little special segments that we tried. 
200 flagship episodes of 40 and 20 the watch clicker podcast holy shit we did it and to help us celebrate we have brought perhaps one of the most famous watch celebrities in social media today uh call him a meme lord call him a podcast extraordinaire uh we've we've brought on bro dinky longtime listener of 40 and 20 a, a, a little known fact about bro dinky been listening almost since the very beginning uh and and he can tell us exactly when he started listening but bro dinky bro bro cephas welcome to 40 and 20 here to celebrate our 200th anniversary how you doing 200th episode anniversary we're not that's right our our 200th episode bro dinky how you doing hey guys uh long time listener first time caller uh (laughs) (laughs) you know i I realized there probably wasn't enough uh money to go around to have both me and will on for this episode so i really appreciate getting the nod tonight daddy's expensive (laughs) he he charges by the minute (laughs) correct but yeah super glad to be here uh this is actually my second memorial episode 200 strangely enough oh, and in the other was uh two broke watch snobs yeah, yeah. oh i so think i, guess I think Mr. the only 200. other folks in the game with 200 episodes probably right yeah. i think scottish watches has 200 episodes. oh yeah scottish watches oh, probably yeah. has like yeah. eight billion yeah i think they're probably in the thousands yeah yeah those guys are machines well welcome man welcome man you you know we uh so I've been listening to your show, the the Wrist Cheese Podcast, now for I don't know, thirty episodes. Where, where are you guys at? We're at I think we just did forty four. Okay, forty four episodes. So going on a year, um, close. And and I, I you know I can't remember. I think we talked after your first couple of episodes, and I reached out and I was like, "Dude, this doesn't make this this doesn't make any sense." Because when I think of the wrist cheese podcast as hosted by bro dinky i expect it to be cynical snide mean hot takey and it's none of those things i think that you guys actually present one of the most relatable um rational easy to listen to podcasts in in the industry and frankly it's kind of disappointing (laughs) yeah i gotta say it's a little bit of a a -a rope-a-dope in that regard it's tough because clearly I get to do all that stuff on my main page, my main feed, whatever you want to call it. So very few times do I get the opportunity to actually talk watches. I, and it, it happened a lot where people would DM me and start talking to me and they'd be like, Oh, you actually like this stuff? Like yeah. I thought you were just a hater. Like I thought you were just some dude poking fun at people he didn't like, or, uh, you know, a, gr- a group of hobbyists. And I was like, no, man, I, I do this too. Like, I didn't know why I was such a surprise. Like I thought it was very inside baseball, but it's kind of a way to be able to talk watches, also throw the occasional snide comment or, you know, high fastball at someone. But for the most part, we try to keep it pretty relevant and sort of just make statements, like you said, from a relatable point of view that I think kind of goes sort of untold, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, just I'll, I'll just shout it out for you and you can shout it out at any point too. But Wrist Cheese Podcast, I think, is one of the better, if not one of the best podcasts out there. You guys have a tremendous audience, partially by way of your 
Instagram fame. Um, but I strongly recommend it to anybody who's at home and they want, I, I, I hate to sort of, uh, do the thing, but I think you guys kind of play a little bit like us. You're a couple of guys, you're both down to earth. Um, you, you, I think you guys both probably have a bit more industry uh, knowledge. Cert, certainly your co-host um, comes with actual real industry yeah. knowledge. And so there is a bit of a delta there in terms of you, you guys are able to speak on this thing from an insider's aspect where, where I think oftentimes we're not. But I think the way your show reads and your takes on things tend to be kind of similar to ours, which is not to say we have the same opinions on stuff, but I think it plays very much the same. So if you like us, check out Rich Cheese. I think you'll like them. Um, Schmidt, obviously not here tonight. He apparently was too busy, uh, but... We couldn't afford both. Yeah, yeah. It gets expensive. <laughs> People who go by one name are very expensive. Madonna, Rihanna, Brodinky, Kira, right? Schmidt. Yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> well, so what we thought we'd do... Yeah. What we thought we'd do for this 200th episode is we thought we would kind of time capsule what we've done, how we got here, where we started. So I'll just I'll just I'll just break the ice quickly. October 31st, 2018, the first episode, the inaugural episode, as it was titled, of 40 and 20, which was done almost entirely from like cue cards. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, Andrew, what, just as you sit here, what, what are your recollections of sort of prepping that first episode? And it was months in the making, right? I mean, literally that episode, not just because of the technology and the software and all this the shit that we didn't know, but we had all that time because to when we recorded, we didn't know what we didn't know. We, and it took us six months to get there, right? <laughs> right? We buy shit, didn't work. We tried shit, it didn't work. I mean, I was coming to your house for probably three months before we finally recorded and, and produced our first episode to record that first episode. And, and I have, the, and I the mean, worst part is it's not that hard. It, it's not that hard. Knowing what I know now, we should have been able to do it. We knowing what we know now <laughs> 200 in, but that first, that first one of like, you know, just all of the things that you don't know. So getting that one was like this huge achievement and I haven't listened to it since it, like since the first time I listened to it, I've not gone back and re-listened to that first episode because I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You, you know, I, I have listened to it. I listened to it re- relatively recently. And I think um, the most astonishing thing about that episode is when you start off, it starts like it starts like this. And then you come in and you say, you know what you say? Same thing. The same exact fucking thing that you've said a hundred and nine, two hundred times. Two hundred times now. Well, I've, I've yeah. said it 199 so times. 199 times. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because you fucked it up. Uh, uh, and, and you know, our outro, I mean, that that is part of what took us a long time is that we wanted to anchor portions of the episode. So other things, um, the episodes we record today are formatted exactly the same as that very first episode. Mm-hmm. And, and if you go back and listen, you you wouldn't know besides the terrible recording quality. I mean, it sounds like we recorded it in a basketball gym. With a phone in our pocket. Right. <laughs> but besides that, it's the same. It's the same. We're the same. 
We're just comfortable being in front of a microphone. Having this lime green ball in my face is no longer yeah. intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about I, you? Have, have you? Oh, what oh, are my well, recollections? Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to hear what the bro has. Actually, I'm intrigued to hear. Have you listened to that first episode? I have. I went back just to check my Spotify. The earliest documented green check mark I have is episode 31. Okay. Okay. So that's somewhere in early 2019 is is the first one I can confirm I listened to. But I've been with you guys since, and I've been with you since you picked up Will and you had Mike and all these other different guys, and you got the website up and running and did all the photo work. So I've been here through all of it. I'm just gonna so, go. Uh, it, I'm gonna go back and look been, real quick. Just about as fun of a ride for me, almost as it is for you. Episode 31, under the radar watches. That's an interesting one to have come in on. Do you do you uh, know why you listen to that episode? Like you said, I think it kind of speaks to things we both enjoy. I know mm-hmm. I prefer to be kind of off the beaten path sometimes, and I don't generally go with the flock and chase what's hot. So if I can find watches that are under the radar, better for me, right? So I think that kind of resonated with me and my collecting style, and it's something I still try to do to this day. I mean, I try not to go too much with the trends. I'm not really into the hype watches. So, you know, it, it kind of makes sense, I guess, that I hopped in there. Yeah, so what what do we have here? Silver Watch Company, Bull of a Computron, a good speed. A good speed. Uh a Casio AMW, that's cool. Q Timex. You know, you know, I think that these are these are interesting picks. Um yeah, it, it's always interesting to go back and look. So Andrew and I did an episode a couple of weeks ago where we sort of reviewed what's changed about our collecting tendencies and habits. And we both of us separately used those early episodes as our source material. Like this is what I would have liked then. And this is what I would like now. And we both sort of remarked that we found ourselves looking at those early episodes, episode five, episode six, four Mm -hmm. years ago, thousands of dollars of watches ago. And it's like, yeah, I still fucking like that watch. I would still buy that watch today. Um, you, You know, interesting that our tastes haven't changed that much i think our knowledge has has grown in our refinement of taste though i mean yeah. now we you know things that we thought we might like are miss because we now know we're like oh no i've i've worn 170,000 watches since i thought i might like this watch <laughs> and as a, as a matter of fact i know i won't and these are the reasons why have you do you, do you find the same thing have you found your tastes have have matured or changed wildly since you got into that because i think you got into this about the same time we did yeah i think i got in somewhere around 2015 or 16 which about the same for us yeah yeah so i have i don't have a a, this long encyclopedia of podcast episodes but i i did some interviews early on for places like rescapement and such and obviously they always ask oh what's your grail watch you know what what are you looking to pick up next and I did go back and look at some of them, and I remember I saw uh, JLC Ultras Thin Moon, which I still like. Mm-hmm. At the time, I said uh, Explorer to Polar, which I actually wound up getting eventually. At the at, you know when you start out collecting, you're like, I'm never going to own a Rolex. Why would I ever do that? And then you know down the rabbit hole you go. But and, and the and just, the emotional turmoil of that price tag starts to like oh my reduce and reduce <laughs> and reduce, and suddenly you see a six thousand dollar Explorer, and you're like, that's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, do, you still, really. do you still have your polar i do not i actually moved it kind of recently but uh i do not have it anymore womp womp yep that's a great watch but you got the enjoyment out of it 
I did. I wore it for a fair amount of time. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, moved it for a pretty good reason. So all in all, not bad. You know, I met with Andrew and I met with one of our good friends, a uh, friend of the show, uh, former Eugene resident, resident Xander, formerly what he was Pacific North watch. Mm-hmm. Now I think he's formerly Pacific North watch. I think it's yeah, yeah, formerly Pacific North watch. <laughs> and now he's, I don't know, Arizona time or something yeah. like that. Uh, but w- Andrew had said we were drinking beers and Andrew said, you know, the problem with he wants to get a five digit Explorer one. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, the problem with the five digit is if you can find them for six grand, they come, you know, without the, you know, oftentimes without a bracelet, never boxing papers. And this week I sent him a five digit Explorer that popped up on Reddit for just under six grand. It was like the day after we met box papers, service, <laughs> full meal deal. And, and I was like, and, here you go. And on my way out of cell phone service yesterday, I mentioned it to my wife and she's like, if it's still available and we get home, you should do it. And I was like, you, f- are you fucking kidding me right now? Me. Are you kidding me? Cause I'm about to leave cell phone service for four hours. That thing is fucking sold right now. Yep. And it's it was gone. sold when I got home. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, so I think it would, I think it would be fun if you guys don't mind. If we could kind of starting back in time, maybe maybe some sort of chronological ep, uh, uh, effort here. Uh, talk about some of our favorite moments of the show because 200 episodes is a lot of source material. We're gonna miss a lot of people. We're gonna miss a lot of moments. Can you can you do a timeline real quick? Can yeah. you just story arc us real quick? Because yeah. you took the time to do it, but also I think that was a good choice. Yeah. So so it, it, interesting I'll, I'll sort of broad brush this because i th- i think there's some notable things that happen along the way i won't go into too much details on these things but episode one as discussed october 31st 2018 that is uh that's the beginning of this beautiful project we have every week since then published an episode of the podcast without a single exception including when we both had covid including when we both had covid and will the watch clicker rescued us. Daddy got in. Daddy got in and helped us. So n- notable moments. Episode fourteen, we recorded from a different country. We recorded from Mexico. One of my favorite. One of my favorite episodes. Uh, we were in our. We had what like a, a double room suite, suite? with yeah. a balcony. Uh, it, was a, it was a patio. It wasn't elevated. It was a patio. Sure, sure. First floor. Uh, our wives in the background kind of walking around like you could sound of like tropical birds chirping that we had piped in because they weren't really there. Uh, You know, we were in TJ. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking margaritas. That was a really special episode. I think that's kind of what we both knew. Like we're going to be consistent. We're going to do this. Here we are in Mexico on vacation. We're doing this. We're actually doing this. Um, Episode, episode 19, I think a 19 uh, or, or although it's, 19 or 17, our very first interview, we interviewed one of our favorite brand owners, um, longtime friend of the show, and and just one of our favorite watch brands, uh, Eric of EMG Watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'd reached out to Eric and said, hey, would you be interested in coming on so we can talk? And he was like, hell yeah. Um, still a good friend of mine today. Uh, someone I talk about watches regularly, someone who help has helped me in my, you know, out, outside of this and my own watchmaking endeavors. Uh, Eric, late summer of 2019, I was talking with Brad Holmes of Worn and Wound, as we do, uh, just, just online and kind of talking about the show. You know, Brad's someone who's been in watches for a long time, kind of been in content creation. He's got this like wildly good Instagram 
page that just has billions and billions of followers. Um, and I was like, you know, I, I don't know how to make our show better. We're making good content. We like it. I don't know how to make it better. And he was like, you know, you guys talk and it's good. But what I really like to hear is other people. That kind of kicked off. That conversation kind of kicked off really phase two of what we're doing here, which is it started a series of fantastic interviews. Mm -hmm. Pretty much right after that conversation, we had Darren Tiffany of Mm -hmm. DM DM Tiffany, DM Tiffany watches Uh, Vero. We went up to Vero and met with Chris and Danny in their fantastic Portland shop. Art of Horology, Jeff Sexton of Elgin time, still one of my one one of the most underrated interviews we've ever done on this show. I loved that one interview. Uh, you, you know, we're we're really quickly like the next like ten episodes, at, like eight of them are fantastic interviews, and and we kind of owed that transition to Brad Holmes. He was really the guy who said this is this is what you guys need to do. Episode fifty three, our one year anniversary episode, we introduce the objectively best watch rubric. And we didn't know it that we were doing it at the time, but that is so exactly one year in. That's funny that we did it at the one year. <clears throat> that is that is kind of a, a major thing for our show, and and that happens at one year. Um, episode forty. It's a major thing for the watch industry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can be honest, I saw plenty of people were really on board with that rubric. Can we just say that, right? I it's, think that was kind of a smash hit. It's scientific. It's objective. <laughs> it's perfect. You know, when I go back and when I go, I went back and I listened to most of that episode today. And it's really interesting how even at the time we were like very aware, like this is kind of ridiculous, right? There's nothing (laughs) objective about this. We're trying to be objective, but at the end of the day, you can't be objective. So we're giving these watches scores and sometimes we're stuck with them. But, you know, it it, it was never intended to be a serious thing. And, And for us, it's never been a serious thing. Some people have taken it pretty seriously, over the years. Um, but I think it's a fun thing. I think it's kind of in some ways defined who we are, what we do, how seriously we take this, which is to say seriously enough to make this rubric and, and adhere to it religiously and also not serious serious enough to think it means anything at all. Correct. Right. (laughs) Episode 40. Uh, you know, we, that's, that's where we, really decide to start uh, uh, the task of doing more intellectually stimulating stuff. Episode 40 is our Quartz Watch episode, which I think will go down as my favorite episode of 40 and 20. It's on my list. Of all time. Episode 69, we have for statement Tony Trena on uh, to talk about the the Hamilton v. Vortic uh, watch case. Probably the second of our most serious episodes with, I think, really good information. Tony Traina, formerly of the Riscatement, I should say, as yep. he announced this week, he's the newest full-time writer for Hodink. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I've got a bunch of uh, fantastic, we can talk about these later, uh, but fantastic informational episodes. Uh, but really, the biggest transition of our show happens... Episode 50, what episode is it? We have a guy named, episode 79, Life of a Watch Review, with an up-and-coming website manager, Mm -hmm. Will the Watch Clicker Gillis. 
And at the beginning of that episode, <laughs> as we started recording with Will, uh, none of us had any uh, clue. On your back porch. On my back porch. That's right. It was in the early days of COVID. So we were recording outdoors. And none of us had any clue at that time what would become of that interview. But I think by the end of the episode, you and I certainly, mm-hmm. independently, having not talked about it, had both sort of started thinking about it. Three days later, when I messaged Will on Instagram and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about something. And he says, I can't do it right now. Let's do it tonight. And when I called him and sort of said, Andrew and I were thinking, maybe we should do something here. And he's like, I knew you were going to call. I knew you were going to ask that. And the answer is yes. And that began our merger. That that was the first step of our merger with Watch Clicker. Um, Really... In some ways, I, I can say confidently, we wouldn't be here still doing this today if that hadn't happened. And correct, you know, we're so thankful that Will wanted to join up with us, and we hope he feels similarly. And well, he adopted us; he stuck with us. That's right. <laughs> it sucks to suck. And and you know, besides that, I mean, really, that is the story arc. Obviously, there's some there's some memorable moments that have happened between now and then. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that that is really. That is really the story arc, you know, about around episode 170, we made another transition, maybe a lesser, a less obvious, less um, important transition. But when episode 170 is when we started doing the watches roundup, which prior to that, we had never done any current events on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think it was about that time we say, you know, we should start spiking the show with current events. So it doesn't have to be every week. Certainly it shouldn't be every week but we should do dedicated current events. Here's what's happening in watches because pretty much everybody else does it. And we don't have a chance to, we don't give ourselves a chance to really weigh in on the current events and watches. So yeah, it's a fun exercise and it's, it's a fun opportunity to talk about the things that we're, we're already doing anyway. It's an easy episode. Call them softballs. Softballs. That's right. So within that, within that, do you guys have any favorite moments you'd like to talk about? I want to hear about the bro. I kind of want the outside. Like what, what has, what has intrigued you over the course of a now 170 plus episodes of listening? Well, I'll be honest at first until I got to an episode where the name was explained. I originally kind of thought 40 and 20 was almost like the price range of watches. You guys like to cover, <laughs> but eventually it was obviously dimensions, 40 millimeter, 20 millimeter lug width. But I think for me, my favorite episodes went, that really got me hooked were the, the quote-unquote poor man's episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poor man's Big Pilot, Poor man's Daytona. I was like, okay, finally people who are collecting in the same socioeconomic group as me. Because, you know, you're starting out, you head over to Hodinkee, you're like, okay, entry level. Oh, Rolex Explorer. Nah, I don't. I don't think. That's I don't think so. You know, excellent choice. N- Nomos Turn Club. right around and uh, head back the other way. Nomos so, Club campus for your high school graduate. Exactly. So I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if this is this is exactly my ballpark. So when I saw, okay, poor man's Daytona. Well, let me check this out. At least it'll give me some suggestions. And even if I just use it and go from there to find something similar that I like, that's a home run. So all of those episodes are really cool for me. 
Uh, I like a good analogy episode. So the if beers were watches episode <laughs> was one I really enjoyed. You know, when um, Andrew pitched that, I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, and we did it. I think it's a great episode. I think I had COVID then, too. I think I was a fucking or maybe it was early COVID time. I don't remember. I, just, I know I recorded it remotely, which was weird for us. Yeah. 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 I sat there the whole time and I was just thinking, waiting for the uh, way too hoppy, high, way too high alcohol by volume IPA for like the plow prof that nobody asked for type of thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's got all the uh, things. <laughs> Yeah, I think those are my favorite kind of episodes. GFY watches, obviously a hilarious topic. I immediately, when I saw that pop up in the, the little queue the day it got released, I was like, slam this one because it's bound to be hilarious. It, yeah, and, um, and still to this day, people don't know what that means, the, the GFY watch, which I good think... Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think <laughs> it's, I think it makes perfect... I see that, I know exactly what it is. I had a boss once that would respond to emails, GFY, and he said, you get to decide. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's... Uh, Oh no! <laughs> like, go fuck yourself, or good for you. But at least you're leaving the decision up to me. Thanks. That's, I'll, I'll sleep well tonight. Read the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's funny is, like, we do these episodes, and we we want to be fun, and we want to enjoy ourselves. And and the only review, the only iTunes review that has ever stuck with me was, I, it was like a one star review. It was very early on. It was something along the lines of not as funny as they think they are. And I was like, I don't think we're funny. Like we're not doing a comedy podcast. I don't understand. Like I'm not, I don't get it, but like, it's true. We're not. I it's, know it's that a, he is a true statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least for me, we're not as, I'm not as funny as I think I am. I know you're not. Cause I'm I know fucking I'm hilarious. I think <laughs> we love those fun episodes. So we yeah, got the no, GFY. I think, yeah. uh, no, I think Andrew has a, a real slow delivery sometimes where he, he kind of, crescendos a joke a joke in there once in a while where it really just sticks and like i found myself laughing out loud a few times i i think you guys are funny i i'm the dad joke slow burn guy yeah yeah, yeah that's right that's totally. what i think yeah that's right you, you know i still think to this day and and it, it's it's i think both my my proudest and my least proud moment as a host of this show so we have on Justin of Monta <laughs> and we're sitting in my, we've told the story so many times that if you know, the longtime listeners will have heard it, you know, and it, that's fine. We're sitting with Justin. And at the time that was kind of a big interview for us, right? Um, it's a big interview. It's a big interview. So, you know, this is a serious brand owner from a serious watch company. Um, that's it, out of our league, out of our that, league. Like, Correct. and they were red hot at that point. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you, you know, for, for, but we're, we're just kind of who we are, right? We're, we're, we're who we are. And we're sitting in my guest bedroom at the old house and and looking out this looking out this window, which looks like I mean, there's like four feet past the window. There's a fence and all you can see is the fence and you can see just the top of it and a little bit of light on the top. And these these squirrels, I, I lived I lived in the in in uh, a scene from Bambi, that old house, uh -huh. like literally like at any given time, there'd be three deer in the yards and rabbits and. Urban forest. It was an urban forest. And um, these two squirrels hit the fence, top of the fence, and start going at it. I mean, just like seven feet away from us. Noises and all. And, and Andrew says, man, those squirrels are going at it. And I don't think we've ever laughed so hard on the show. We've laughed pretty hard on the show before. But we both, neither one of us could talk. And poor Justin is laughing. He can't see it, obviously. But he's like kind of like laughing along with us, you know, not being able to see it. And uh, 
we published that episode and that was in sort of the period of time where we were trying to decide how much to edit the shows. You, you know, we had done both at that point. We had mm-hmm. done shows where we edited every um and ah and, you know, we're really sort of careful about truncating silences. And and that show was at the point where I had kind of, I was working on a philosophy of more like gentle editing, right? Edit major problems and pretty much leave everything else in. And I hadn't made a timestamp of this thing because it wasn't a typical thing that I had timestamped. So it, there was nothing in my notes. And so, you know, I just left it in because what, you know, I mean, a, I'm not sure even if I had timestamped it, I would have taken it out. But we got a couple comments after that episode. It's like, you guys, the most professional podcast in the business, you leave the squirrel fucking in. Um, <laughs> but, you know, life I don't, is life. <laughs> I don't regret it. And uh, yeah, I, I've never had as much fun as that recording the podcast. That was, that was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the only other time, and, and I want, I think one of my favorite episodes was number 14, Mexico. Because I ha- I did have as much fun recording the Mexico podcast on whole as watching squirrels fuck and talk about it during a serious interview, but it's because that was a huge commitment point for us to decide to not only bring the gear to Mexico, mm-hmm. but also to record in Mexico. And I think that was the one that was like, this is this we're we're not going to experience the pod fade. Right, mm-hmm. the thing that we were kind of scared of, because this is episode fourteen, right? We're talking about the the pod fade being in the sub fifty episodes. You know, you miss a week, you miss three weeks, you miss ten weeks, and then you're gone. Like you just That's lose it. the motivation. And and bringing our gear to Mexico, and recording on the patio, drinking beers. I don't think I was even wearing shoes. I was just in swim shorts. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, that that was one of the highlights of this me yeah it really was i mean you, you you said it right that really was the episode where it was like we're gonna do this we're we're we've got we've got the tools we need all we need to do is show up yeah and just bullshit and talk about watches and and like do the thing that we would be doing anyway and that's a real for better or worse right for you at yeah. home for better or worse here we are once again thursday morning in your ears and and you know for us tuesday night in my office and and the bro and his bitch in basement in the dungeon i don't know if you can call it a dungeon if it has a bar <laughs> true so that <laughs> speakeasy yeah I, I see a bottle of weller special reserve what else you yep. got up there uh i got some glenn livet uh michter's mm-hmm. sazerac rye is that McAllen. is that monkey shoulder oh no that's michter's yeah yeah, yeah that's what i'm looking at uh, i can't glenn believe Vick. your bottle of weller's lasted you that long that's that's like a week-long survival period in my house yeah it, i gotta say it did go pretty quick i've been i've been saving the last little bit for, I guess, a special occasion. <laughs> Nursing it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So I have yeah. other favorite episodes. Yeah, you know, my favorite episodes. So w- w- one of the things that I love is, is as far as making the show, you, you, you know, the, the fun episodes, the laughs are good. Three watches for $600, three more watches, part part tray. <laughs> Part six, uh, I think, is what we the last one we have. You know, and I think we snuck like a couple of like two hundred dollar watch it mm-hmm. episodes in there too, which kind of don't seem like they're the same thing, but they really are. Um, <laughs> I, I think that those episodes are a blast. They're digestible. They're fun. They really speak to the spirit of what we're doing, as well as the poor man's episodes. Right? Those kind of started sure. later, mm-hmm. um, but that really 
in many ways defined how we approach watches, how we approach this this show. Um, my favorite episodes, though, quartz watches. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that is, you, you know, I think both of us learned so much talking about quartz watches, you know, because we have to be prepared. And so then we watch hours of YouTube videos. And then it's like, I fucking know, like the, the, the stair steps and that, that episode still to this day, my favorite episode. I learned so much. I have so much more appreciation for quartz as a technology. Um, and I think it's just a classic episode too. Um, Sapphire crystals. I love that episode. That doesn't sound interesting. Holy shit. It was interesting. Mm -hmm. I saw watch standards. I think to this day, we're probably the only podcast that's ever talked about ISO watch standards. And it's a cool, it's a cool topic. Um, We're we're maybe also the only podcast that's ever worked on three dimensional, like, like impact physics problems (laughs) to try to discuss it with respect to uh, shock resistance. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And kind of in a similar vein, the Vostok Amphibia episode. That's next time. I'm sure you have it on there. That was one of my favorite as far as like super informative deep dives go. I learned so much that episode and to this day, the wobbly crown story still sticks with me. Now, you know, obviously I tell it to other people, but to have all that it has packed into that thing at the price it comes in at, at the time it was made is still like a miracle. You you know, it's an engineering masterpiece. That tech today is still, that tech today is also usable. The, the, the bayonet, the bayonet case back. I still think that there's a place for bayonet case backs and watches. I know, I know it's not something we see very often, but that's such a wonderful design. And that Vita, what is that? Viten, the the big flat gasket that they oh, use yeah. to create the water resistance. Um, fifty one hundred V or seventy seven fifty V fifty one hundred. Just it, I, you know that episode seemed so obvious to me, and I think I'd been trying to sell you on it for a while when we finally did well, it. We needed a, like a period where we could actually work it. That's right. Because that's a that's a big thing. That's a heavy lift. Yeah. One of our least listened to episodes, actually the next two, the next two that I have on this list, probably amongst my favorites and both of them, the least, like some of the least listened to episodes. So if you haven't listened to these, go back. Episode 129, What is Time? Oh, yeah. We talked about time travel and shit. Loved, loved, loved that episode. Uh, is it good? I don't know. It was I a philosophy it. episode. It was awesome. Episode 153, <clears throat> Hook, Huygens, mm-hmm. and the Hairspring. Um, man. The title was probably what did us in, and I know Will hates the title. <laughs> nobody listened to that episode. It was like nobody commented. Nobody, nobody even downloaded it. It's like, they, it's like they removed their subscription for the week. Sorry. If, you haven't, if you're listening to this now and you haven't listened to it, golly, that is... One of my favorite episodes is the favorite thing I've ever, my favorite thing I've ever learned about watches. I love that episode. And then Everest watches. Yep. The watches of Everest. The the watch question mark is of Everest. Yeah. Those are my favorite moments. Uh, I want to add one more and it, well, actually two more. Our field trip to Vero. Mm -hmm. It wasn't our first interview, but it was our first like, it, it felt like the first big thing that we were doing mm-hmm. and it was episode 45. So we're near on a year of doing this. Mm-hmm. on, And they're like, yeah, come to the workshop. Like come do, just a, come up and see us. And we're like, what? 
like <laughs> we're we're invited and we go to this workshop and and they just they treat us immediately like family like we're welcome there it was so cool yeah like i i like had like a, a just this weird ego boost where i was like we're a big deal we're not a big deal <laughs> i even knew in that moment that we were not a big deal but th- that we had just enough credibility and just enough ass to be invited to the party. I was yeah. like, this is, this is big. And then, you, you know, and that was right after we had purchased our, our mixing board, our recording board, mm-hmm. right after we had purchased our microphones. So we showed up, we had a briefcase and it had a fucking recording studio in it. I'm setting up wires, takes about 15 minutes. We sit around a table with four professional grade microphones and a mixing board and live produced a show. And it felt like, man, with a dog in a hammock. With a dog in a hammock, it was like this is yeah. cool. Like we we're, we're podcasters, and and this doesn't even feel embarrassing, right? We show up at this, you know, we were surrounded yeah, right? by four and five axis CNC machines, and these guys who are too smart for their own good, uh, m- maybe maybe actually literally, in and that some instance. stuff they're like you can't photograph that. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> That's right. I mean, it was like, all right, we can do this. And then my last episode specific that I want to talk about is Reach Watches. And yeah. it's very much the then and now feel of like how far we've come. But some what of episode the, was that? Three. <laughs> 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 On this list. Do we have show notes? Oh, you've got them in front of you. Uh, Phoebos PX002B. A Strella Cosmos. A Shinola Runwell. A Stova Marine Classic. A Nomos Club Campus. A Monta Triumph. I don't know, Ryan Kalani. I mean, there's some great watches. We there. talked there's about some, some of these watches there too. <laughs> yeah. But that's like our, that was where we were. And just thinking about not just doing the show. Cause when we started the show, we were watch people. Right. But in, in the, in efforting episodes and in talking to people and in diving like headlong into this, the transformation that has come about has been super cool. And that's been a really fun part of this experience for me Mm -hmm. because i probably wouldn't buy a run well anymore i wouldn't yeah 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 i'm sure that was one of your picks yeah it was one of my picks i still really like that watch but i just wouldn't buy that watch yeah not for what it costs maybe used bro's gonna buy a run well right now based on i'm already inspired him yeah (laughs) dude uh, yeah that what what like what a huge change just from knowledge like the court the courts episode alone would change your mind from buying a Shinola Runwell. yeah maybe i think yeah there's so much there bro uh so you have now uh passed the thirty thousand threshold uh on instagram thirty thousand followers this happened pretty recently correct uh which congratulations that's a fantastic mark um, you're someone who's keenly familiar with watches. You're someone who's keenly familiar with the kind of bizarro world that is watch social media. Um, and you're keenly familiar with what we, I think for lack of a better term, refer to as content creation in this space. There are some pretty discreet, um, not to navel gaze too much, right? Because that's not the intent here. <laughs> but there are some pretty discreet differences between the way 
uh, normie, as as Andrew likes to refer to in normal cop business. People, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's some fairly discrete differences between the way normies, the way uh, social media people, content creators, and, and the way enthusiasts interact with watches. Uh, do you have any? let's say advice for us or other people making content and how to remain uh, grounded, how to, how to not um, forget that at at some points you're just a normal person. All of us are normal people probably in, in in some parts of our life. How do we keep that and keep that central in whatever it is we're doing, whether it's posting on Instagram, buying watches creating podcasts? Well, I think this will resonate with you guys because like you said, there was a point where you said where we might not be a household name, but we're, we're somebody now, right? We, yeah, we're not nobody. And I think a lot of people hit that point and it can go to your head pretty quick, but I think you guys have it pretty right. in the fact that you're, you're both pretty grounded, you know, you're not, it, it hasn't gone up to your head too much. You know, you, you can make a joke at yourself and laugh at your own expense. And I think that's important. It's something that's always been kind of central to my account. And I think that's why it's always been a little bit relatable for people. I think this hobby goes to a lot of people's heads. Obviously there's a lot of money involved in it and there's a lot of status. And now more than ever, is there more exclusivity as far as collecting goes pieces yeah. Um, just the ability to get those things in your hands now are big deals. I mean, there's some people who have tons of followers just because they can get a Panda Daytona in their hand and, and show it on Instagram. People are like, oh, let's let's follow this person. They clearly have connections. You know, it's, he knows it's a, a guy deal. who has one. If right. you own a single Nautilus, you can have 10,000 Instagram followers tomorrow. Exactly. And if exactly. you can put two on your wrist at once, we're talking Instagram <laughs> fame. <laughs> And so I think it's easy to get carried away in this hobby. I think it goes to a lot of people's heads. I think there are some people who have that chip on their shoulder that they might be better than other people just because they own material possessions. I think it's a good idea to often step back and realize that they are just material possessions as much as we love them. And we spend a lot of time thinking and discussing them. At the end of the day, this is just a passion, just like anything in life. And if you're not prepared to sometimes have a good laugh at it and sometimes kind of just look at it from a funny perspective that it's a little ridiculous at times it is right we do we have funny tropes that go on we participate in these silly things right how many people did the the catlin pose right when that was a big thing we we all chipped in right it's just like a, a fun thing we all do but like at the same time it's ridiculous like it's we accept it we own it and that's kind of what makes us a community you know, and in any community, there's always going to be a couple bad apples. But I think for the most part, people are pretty cool and pretty receptive to folks like myself, like yourselves, who are just out here trying to keep it honest and, and put out content from a, I don't know what you want to call it, a rogue perspective. I mean, I, I know I'm not connected. I mean, as I guess as popular, quote unquote, as I am, I, I don't have any industry connections. I mean, Schmidt has friends in the industry, but even him, I mean, I only met him in the past year. So it's not like I, I ha- I've had some jeweler connections or some high friends at some blog or something. I think people just enjoy a fresh perspective from a normie once in a while, because at the end of the day, 
probably 99% of those people in the hobby are normies. So yeah. I think relatable goes a long way. Yeah. You, you know, when we started this, when we started this, um, th- that was really the intent of the show. You, you know, this, this show was born out of a desire to create content, right? For, well, for, yeah, for, for people who, who go to Hodinkee and they're like, this doesn't make any goddamn sense. Nobody buys these fucking watches. Like this is 90% of watch media is focused on 5% of the prospective buyers, not even the actual buyers, the prospective yeah. buyers. And, and it's so focused on what the next thing I can, I bring this person in and now we you know we're going to have an online store or, or we're going to have access to these things and that things. And we're, watches is such a weird media industry, right? And media was a, was a really heavy air quotes because so much of watch media is free marketing mm-hmm. for watch companies. Sure. And, and with the goal of like, oh, we're going to become an NAD or we're going mm-hmm. we're gonna, to we're gonna have a store. And, and it's not to, to besmirch anyone. Like, no, no, if, if we not. could make Hodinkee money, we would be making Hodinkee money. Yeah. That, sure. that there's no, like, that's exactly what we'd be doing. We got into the game too late. We got into the game too uninformed. It's just also not a goal of ours. We will never have a watch store yeah. available on WatchClicker. Yeah. I'm sorry, Will, but I've made that commitment now. <laughs> it's also just not a goal of ours. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we just want to, we just want to talk about watches. We have on three separate occasions, uh, three separate occasions, uh, rejected offers from from or or at least ideas that would have at least led to the possibility of lucrative uh or or income even uh bases for the show and and we've done so on each occasion uh for the re- for for the sole reason that the sacrifice in terms of our ability to make the content that we thought would be relatable to people um, versus the the income generation benefits didn't didn't match up, um, and, and and that's that's a, it's not the right decision. It's not good. It's not bad. It was just the decision we made. We are ostensibly a free podcast for ninety five ninety nine percent of the people ninety nine point five percent of the people who listen to this show. <laughs> we're a free podcast, and, and that's okay. Um, that's our goal. That's that, what we want to do. And, 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 and more so, uh, occasionally we'll have, uh, this show is brought to you by, um, you, you know, we'll do a short run of, you know, we were sponsored by our, our, our episodes were sponsored by notice for a while. Uh, we, we did a collaboration with Nick Mankey recently, you know, brands that we love owners that we love. Yeah. I see that, uh, uh, bro, wearing a, uh, uh, Nick Mankey strap. Yeah, boy. You, you know, these, these types of things are are small intrusions to the show, but by and large, we're not encumbered by products we need to we need to sell. We're not encumbered by commitments to brands. We can generally say what we want. We can have an owner on the show one week and say mean things about his watch the next, uh, which we've done. Right? In fact, sometimes we've said mean things about a, a watch to the owner, and they usually laugh and chuckle, and we talk about it. So. That it's that type of thing that the decision we've made, not not altruistically, uh, because there's no altruism here, but just because we love doing this and we love doing it this way, and we wouldn't want to do it any other way. No. And I think you're kind of the same, bro. I mean, it. it I, I think that your content is, well, your Brodinky content is obviously 
almost transcended. You know, you not getting (laughs) sponsorships, I imagine. Correct. (laughs) You you know, it's it it occurs to me, um, and and maybe and maybe other uh, attorneys that that listen or that that review your content that there's a IP problem with your content, right? With with Rodinky and and you know. Uh, credit given to Hodinkee, uh, well, maybe, maybe maybe there has been something that we don't know about, but I think everybody kind of appreciates it, right? Everybody kind of likes that you're taking the piss. And um, even Hodinkee is like, yeah, it probably isn't bad for us. And fuck it, it's actually good for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there is this community, right? There's this community and Hodinkee's part of the community and we're part of the community. You're part of the community, uh, you, you know, these brands are all there. It It's a cool place to be, and it's really neat to be part of the place and part of the community without having to worry about making money or selling things. Yeah, definitely some pressures alleviated there. I mean, I will do the occasional recommendation or something, but those are personal recommendations from experiences of my own. Like, those are either mm-hmm. watches or items mm-hmm. that I... I've experienced that I'm like, I wish I found this sooner. So I would like to get this in people's hands. There is no, you know, I'm not getting anything. I'm not on the take. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't get sponsored by anybody for posts. Um, I've thought about maybe hitting some people up for like hush money once in a while, like being like, I'll stop dogging your brand out if you guys pay me to shut up. But um, There's money there. (laughs) Right. But, uh, but I think you're right. I think, if Hodinkee wanted me gone, I think I would have been squashed a long time ago. And I, I think they kind of both appreciate sort of the tongue in cheek approach and the satire. And I think at some point I kind of realized that and not that I dialed it back, but at some point I, I stopped trying to make things, uh, I guess, personal. If you see a lot of, there are a lot of, I guess smaller meme accounts out there and you'll yeah. see they get, they get a little hot and heavy with the personal attacks yeah. of people. Yeah, the, it gets a little strange at times. You're like, eh. Well, the the level of good. measured intent isn't always there. right. Yeah. Right. You know, if you want to do something funny, steal this look and it's a guy with a, a turtleneck and a cardigan. Okay. That's funny. But like, if you start going after like people's families and stuff, like I've had DMS from people talking about intimate details of people's lives i'm like i want no part of this, this like is you not... should use this to go after this person or? yeah they're like you here you go run with this i'm like no not now not ever like it's yeah this I'm not is a tabloid. A, a great, yeah this is a great way to get canceled i'm not tmz yeah and what do i have to gain by doing this nothing the, the best i can do is come out looking like a jerk so at least more of a jerk than i am but <laughs> but it's the charm of the jerk it's like that it, it's that asshole friend who everyone likes and everyone's like, I got to get one from him occasionally. I don't feel like I deserve it, but I clearly do. And everyone takes their turn. Right. I like to give myself the roast once in a mm-hmm. while. And, you know, I listen to a lot of pretty famous comedians who have podcasts and things. And they all say the same thing. Comedy is about towing the line of appropriate and inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It's not about going over. It's not about playing it safe. You have to, to be funny, you have to get as close to the line as possible without going over. Mm-hmm. is basically it and i agree with that i think that's exactly what it is so i think as long as you can play within the rules and still have some fun i think people appreciate that and, and, and you at know, the end of the day yeah the, you just remain genuine and that's what it is the most classic comedy of all time you know i, I always think of richard Pryor. you know his sure. his 80s you know post sort of catching himself on fire comedy routines mm-hmm. is like some of the best comedy ever created because he's he's taken the piss on himself right uh, he's, he's 
being funny in a way that is offensive, but but relatably offensive, right? And and I think that it's it's hard it's hard to do that often. And, and and for my part, not not to sort of blow smoke up your ass, but I think you've done that really well, and I think that's you, you know lend your success to that. So, um, just I you know just I think it would be fair at this point because we've got you on the show. Um, what are your favorite memes or your favorite meme related content related to podcast creation? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of tough uh, put you on the spot like this, but I think it's just poking fun at all the the common tropes. I think a lot of us have the same ish type of episodes. I think everybody does X amount of watches collections episodes under X amount of dollars and mm-hmm. and all that. Um, there's just a lot of funny little things. You know, everybody has their own little shtick. You know, everybody. I don't want to say everybody tries to be edgy, but there's certainly a, a an air of oh we're going to be the edgy people and that it the outsiders and, and the already my, outsider group, <laughs> right? And our, our ourselves included in that. And you know we yeah. I, I've tried to mix that up. Like I didn't want to be solely like just like the spicy podcast or something like that. That seems like it's going in the exact direction that I was talking about with the the internet humor, like. If you're always trying to take it to the next level, eventually you're just going to keep having to outdo yourself and you're going to end up in a place you don't want to be. You become jackass. Yeah. You have a skateboard guillotine. Off the reservation. Exactly. So I think it's, it's all the usual tropes and like the funny little tidbits that we all do is kind of what's funny about podcasters. Um, I see a lot of podcast memes about, Oh, like lukewarm takes and stuff. And like, yeah, I get it. It's funny. (laughs) But like at the same time, you put out a weekly episode, you have to come up with a weekly content. Sounds easier than it is, right? I think everybody who's done a podcast can relate to that. So, well, so that's, that's kind of my next question, the follow-up to that. So episode 45 now, um, is this different than you thought it would be? What's been your experience making a podcast now for going on a year? Is it, is it, is it harder to do the type of podcast that you thought you were going to do than you thought? A little bit. I think it transformed a lot. I think in the beginning, it was a lot. It was exactly kind of how you mentioned it. Like in the beginning, we came out a little bit guns ablazing. But like I said, that's not exactly me. It's a little bit of me, but it's not exactly me. And at the end of the day, I do genuinely like to talk topics and watches and have fun. So like it it couldn't be guns ablazing all the time. And I think it took a few people by surprise. But it's funny how much listening to you guys... I think probably every podcaster kind of experiences the same journey. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing. It's, it's making sure you drop every week. And there've been weeks where Schmidt's been traveling. I've either had to call in a guest or a friend or mm-hmm. what have you. Um, you know, like you said, editing in the beginning, I was editing so much, every little breath, every extended pause I was cutting out and I was sitting there. I was probably editing two hours for every hour of content. And yep. I was like, this, this cannot be right. At the same time, you do just naturally get better being more comfortable behind a microphone. So you're, you, I guess, naturally take that stuff out. But it, it was a little exhausting at first. I was like, I can't believe this is, this is the level that you have to put into this. Is, is but this what this is? I also think after a while, you just stop giving a shit because 
it's almost a better natural flow. Like you, yeah. it, you feel like it's an actual conversation as opposed to a choppy mm-hmm. call and response type deal. So it's funny listening to you guys go back and forth just now because I'm like, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. And, you know, hitting episode 45, you know, Everett, you know, I've talked about this before. Sometimes you're stewing on topic ideas for a week. It's day of and you still have not nailed one down. Mm-hmm. And you're early in the day and you're you're texting each other. What do you want to do? Uh, I don't know. What, what do you want to do? <laughs> what about this? Uh, I don't know. What if we did this? Like, it, it's a little bit crazy at times. You're like, we're really going to go into this kind of flying blind. All right. I, I guess so. But I guess that's also what happens when you have careers and families. And this is not your job. I mean, I think this would be super fun if it was a job because then you could spend your whole time just, I guess, brainstorming content creation and can you imagine that is quality. the yeah. fucking dream isn't it yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh i'd go crazy fuck you tony trainer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it's 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 almost an exact mirror of what you guys were talking about and you know 45 episodes in i think we're st- we still feel pretty confident about it like this is what we we want to do it we're having fun and I think that that's always something we drove home was that if it's not fun, we'll just call it quits. Because I think at the end of the day, if it's not, again, we're not making money off it. We're not trying to get picked up by a brand. What are we really doing if we're not having fun? It's okay if it's not fun for a little while. Yeah. There yeah. will be times, there will be weeks, maybe a, maybe a 10 episode streak where it's not fun. You do it because you committed to it. Push through it. It's worth it. You know, uh, so episode 200, I think it's fair to to make ad- admissions of that sort. You, you know, there have been times where I think probably both Andrew and I have sort of wondered, is this is this the time? Like, do we do we call it? And we didn't keep going because it was important that we we kept going. We kept going because I think at some point we realized that this is like one of the most important things in our life, um, it, not because of what we're creating, but because of the relationship that we have with each other and the relationship that we have with our listeners, you know, I have some of my best friends in the world are people that I've never met in person. Um, you, you know, people that I talk to all the time, you know, and some of them I've, I've had the, the, the great honor of meeting in person now, many of them, in fact, um, but, but others I haven't yet. And it, it's really, um, the the idea of not doing this anymore and letting those relationships go and letting this thing that I love go is has always um, been an obvious uh, transition point to that conversation, right? It's like, no, no, we'll just keep doing it. This It's weird right now. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because we'll have people like, and, you know, I, I don't, <clears throat> we've had 60 interviews in, in, in the 200 episodes. 60. Not unique, right? There's some repeats. But if we stopped doing this, we wouldn't get to meet people like Nick Mankey. Right? We've never met Nick in person. But never. we've interacted with Nick a lot. Mike France. He's a friend, right? right? Nick Mankey's a friend. Like Mike France. That that is that's a big deal. When we when we had Mike on for the first time, and I'm comfortable calling him Mike. Yeah. When we had him for the first time, I was like, this isn't real. We've somebody fuck something up that got us here. And then they came back, right? He came back. You you know, Mike France had his assistant email me when I went to San Francisco to say, hey, Mike is wondering if you want to get coffee 
on Thursday morning. And and then I did that. I fucking went to coffee with Mike France and not to record anything or to sell anything. Like I just went to coffee with Mike France. Right. We're we, we're not friends with the guys from Notice. We we don't get to have this amazing conversation with Mike Pearson. And and I I've already told my wife that I have fallen in love. And with Mike Pearson. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can't you guys can't make babies because they would be see through. Oh, <laughs> fully transparent. <laughs> the only way you could spot them would be the ginger, the ginger top, right? Like Brett Williams. Brett Williams has an IMDP page, and that guy's friends with us. Yeah, like that's what keeps you coming back is like these awesome relationships that you build. And there's gonna be some shitty times. There's gonna be 10, 15 episode streaks where you're like, I hate watches today. I hate everything about watches. I <laughs> you're gonna need to pay me money to even think about them today, but I'm gonna fucking do it. Because it's worth it for all the other things. It's just like any other endeavor that you take on. There are shitty days, and the good days make it worth it. Well, with that, I think it's a reasonable time for us to transition. We're well over an hour, well over our allotted time. Yeah. Um, So we, we do have another full segment of the show, otherwise known as other things. Before we get to that, Andrew, is there anything that you want to add on this 200th occasion to add something before other things. Nope. Bro. If I could touch kind of just on what you're talking about, Andrew, I'll parallel that to my own account, right? I've been dropping almost daily memes, sometimes multiple in a day for four ish years. Right. That's a lot of meme farming. Yeah, and <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've rewritten one just to try to make it clearer for the sake of humor, like to be able to read it more clearly and to process it quicker so it's funnier. It takes more effort than you would think. I'm not going to say it takes a ton of effort. I'm just sort of a warped individual in that way. That's but, a, no, that's a lot of effort. Don't take anything away effort. from yourself. That's a bucket load of effort. I hate Instagram. And, yeah. And you live on it. <laughs> now... I don't want to use the term, I'm going to use this term very loosely. I'm going to use the term sort of legacy here. And I'm not going to say it's a legacy, but in the in the same realm of you guys having a podcast with 200 episodes and you're saying, you know, we don't always love it, but we come back to it because we can't really think of ourselves without it. It's the same exact thing for my account. And mm-hmm. I, I get it as a podcaster now as well. I know people who have extremely successful careers and have built up tremendous wealth and things. But at the end of the day, they look back and they're like, what, what have I accomplished? And at the end of the day, it's, it's not much or not. I don't want to say not much, but just there's very little to say, hang their hat on in the terms of a passion project Mm -hmm. or something that they really put their focus into as opposed to just working and accumulating money. What have I created? What have I left? Right. And mm-hmm. so I and I think I think my wife has finally come around to that as an idea when every once in a while I'll give her an update. Hey, I just got a follow from somebody on the New England Patriots, you know, or something like that. That actually happened. So, you know, she's like, wait, what? Like it, it's 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 starting to maybe sink in with her that she's like, This maybe this is a little more than just like my husband goofing off on the internet. There could be worse things you could be goofing off with on the internet. Oh, 100%. And that was always my joke to her. I'm like, look, there are way worse things on the internet for me to be doing. I understand this could be a little costly at times, but trust me, I'm in I'm in a pretty friendly pool here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to sell yeah. pictures of your feet, which you could do, and I understand that's lucrative. From what I hear, yeah. Yeah. 
But just <laughs> to your point, uh, it is interesting every once in a while to take a look back and say to yourself, you know, I didn't do bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty cool. I'll say, uh, Bro Dinky, I think everybody knows what Bro Dinky is. Many, 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 many more people are following Bro Dinky than follow us. You are truly a legend. I'm so honored to have you here. Um, you, you know, you've got followers from literal titans of this industry. Um, you, you are in the conversation in a way that I can't even imagine. And it, it's, it's been a real honor. I, I um, it, th- there's a thing that happens when someone invents something ridiculously simple or when someone creates content that's ridiculously simple where uh, folks will say, well, that d- is not even that hard. Anyone could have done that, but, mm-hmm. but, but no one did. You did it. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, I, I don't think we, we really have this, this, the same thing here with our show um, beyond just showing up every week. Uh, but there, there is that thing, right? It's, it's the one who actually does it that it is, is the one that gets the praise. In, and I would say with Bro Dinky, it's totally deserved. So thanks for joining us and, and thanks 30, for talking followers. about followers. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Well, that was, that was probably the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, so I could probably just hang it up now and call it a day. <laughs> you'll see, you'll bro dinky, this user no longer available tomorrow. <laughs> Before we move on but, to other things, I, I, I do want to take a minute here and, and say something important, because while we don't receive our income or any income from this show, we are incredibly humbled and honored to um, hear almost four years in, 200 episodes in, to be completely self-sustaining. We are, at this point, we pay for all of our hosting. We pay for all of our hardware, all of our software by way of support from patrons. So we have run a number of, uh, a number of um, you know, collaborations at this point and sponsorships, but all of our support comes from patrons. And I want to take a minute. We've never done this on the show. We've never published these names. I just want to take a minute to go through all of our patrons and thank you guys personally. In no particular order, our current patrons, KP Jimmy, MGM Mays, AJ Barze, Skip Rose, Tom Sortaden, Aggressive Timing Habits, Joe Frost, Captain Sano, Evan Kaspar, Clay Foster, Two Broke Watch Snobs, Blaine Townsend, Brian Schiffner, Andrew Winterstein, B. Dizzle, Mike Dunford, Howie Curie, Field Davis, Brian Bullard, Spork Boy, Jeremy Branch, Debbie, love you, Debbie, <laughs> Josh Greenberg, Luke Albert, Jonathan Ferrer, Mike Choi, Matthew Kessler Cleary, Bill Rose, Andrew Benzer, Chillin' with Watches, Don Rogan, Luke Kilroy, Elena Diaz, Jason Kyle, Simon Shaw, EA8, Roman Harrell, Richard Reichbach, Russell Smith, Howie Broyles, Martin Ferrer, Anthony Homchenko, Noah Kling, and Jacob T. Spiker. You guys. You guys have made it possible. 
have made it possible. We thank you so much. Hit the cheer button. We That's love you. I don't know which <laughs> one it is. Uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we really thank you guys. Uh, you, you can listen to this episode and never give us a dollar, and that's totally fine, and we're here for you. But for those of you who do give a dollar every month or more, we really appreciate you. And you've made it possible. So you all should thank those folks, too, because they're the reason we've been able to do this. And you all, honestly, because if there was just 20 listeners, we, we probably wouldn't be doing it anymore. But it's a collective effort. For the 200th time, Andrew... Other things, what do you got? I got another thing. <clears throat> I can let my phone load. Uh, so everyone has like things that they're like, ah, I get that, but is it really worth the money? <laughs> I have this thing that does the thing, and it's just fine. So I finally spent the money <laughs> and got a expensive cooler. Ooh, I've been in, I've been, I've been in this, uh, mindset recently. Yeah. So I, I, I spent the, I did the research, right. And I, and I was pretty comfortable with Cabela's brand because, because Cabela's still does molded as opposed to injected mm-hmm. like Yeti. And there's a couple other brands that still do molded in lieu of injected. But, you know, as we've talked about before. Between Cabela's and REI brand, you can kind of get everything you ever need in the world and be fine. So I got the I got the 80 quart. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the money. It's bear proof, it's molded, it has integrated bottle openers in the locking handles. I've I've used them before, right? I've I know people who have them and I know people who have Yetis. And I've not really been able to discern a difference between the two and the way that I enjoy them. Here's the here's the one big thing. Yeti's size is actually less than they advertise their number at on the front of the cooler. Right. Because they have thicker insulation, which means you get a little bit better ice retention. A little bit better. I got the Cabela's Polar Cap Equalizer 80. They're 350 bucks. It's 80 quarts. Ice Which is retention? big, but not huge. Right. It's still 40 pounds. And that's what you have to start thinking about when you're looking at, at high-end expensive coolers is insulation is heavy. <laughs> so this 80-quart cooler is 40 pounds, empty and dry. When you consider that you typically put 20 or so pounds into your cooler just in ice, you're looking at like an 80-pound cooler. Yeah, so it's a lot. With contents in it. And here's... That's the f- content creation. Here's <laughs> here's the first thing that I thought. I love this. This, cool, this cooler is great. I put ice in it, and eight hours later when I finally emptied it out and sprayed it out, there was like the only water in the bottom was from the ice that had melted when it rode home from the grocery store right in the bed of my truck. Basically zero heat loss. Zero heat loss. And it was, you know, it rode in my truck from the outside to the picnic and remained outside and was opened and closed and had 
room temperature things put into it. I wish it would have gone bigger. Yeah. I wish I would have done the 110. Not because of the weight, because I just, I wanted just a little bit more room, right? And the 80 quart is good for like an afternoon, a weekend. I wish I would have gone a little bigger. So my other thing is number one, if you have the money to spend on watches and you do anything out of doors and you're still using like a Coleman non hard ceiling lid that which melts is me. immediately. Which is me. It's totally worth spending the money on a big either injected because injected is a little bit cheaper, but molded is inherently better. Cooler. But go bigger than you think you want. And you will be much more satisfied. It's a difference. It's a fifty dollar difference between the eighty and the one ten. Yeah. So for four hundred bucks, you could have got the one ten and had a a lot more room. The 80 is great, and I'm going to use the 80 all the time. You need two people. Don't do it for a solo trip. <laughs> so 400 bucks for the 110 Yes, from Cabela's. What's the comparable Yeti? Uh, then the comparable Yeti is the, like, I think it's uh, it's a, the similar size. I don't know. I don't have that pulled up. In I have terms my, of money. In terms of money. 400 bucks. Yeah. Right. I mean, and Cabela's and Yeti run almost dollar for dollar. And, and, and the injected versions from generic that you can or buy even at Coastal like, I, Farm and Ranch. I think Arctic is injected now. Um, they're like 300 and change, right? Yeah. There is not, if you're buying a dope cooler, they're all a bunch of money. So mm-hmm. if you buy a cooler and it's less than like a hundred bucks, you can get significantly better stuff. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, you should spend 400 bucks on a cooler. Well, I have a huge Coleman. I have a hundred yeah. and like 160 Coleman, yeah. which is where I'll put my like, doesn't need to stay cold, cold stuff. Like, but all the good ones cost a buck a load of money. Yes. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. They all cost a buck a load of money, and the ex- and just the 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 forgettable difference between the actual good molded versus injected. And I think going away from Yeti, right? Yeti's accessory. Yeti, you're paying for a brand name, right? You're but getting, you don't pay that much more. I think is my. You point, don't pay that right? much more. They're you, not gouging you. But you pay. A lot more for accessories. So a Yeti with wheels, smaller capacity, way more money. The Yeti, uh, like little little uh, hand cart that they sell aftermarket, way more money. I think the Cabela's dolly that they sell that incorporates into the cooler and gives you wheels and it's just like steel frame that just bolts into place and locks into the footholds and gives you wheels is like 50 bucks. The Yeti version is like 80 bucks and or no, the uh, a compatible Yeti because Yeti doesn't make one. A compatible Yeti is like 200 bucks or the Yeti with wheels. You get smaller capacity and pay way more. Buy a cooler, spend too much money, spend too much money and you're not, you're put just beer gonna, in it and love your life. You're going to be really satisfied with it. You're going to, it's going to hurt, right? That's a cry once. Buy once, cry once. Yep. Yep. In the words of Andrew. And I, and I have plenty of coolers. I have a lot of coolers in my garage. You do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I, I just true. do. I have a lot of coolers in my garage. And this is the one that I took the care to the day I used it and was done with it, emptied it out, sprayed it out, because now I have to take care of it because it was actually a cry once experience. Link in the show notes. It'll Remember the difference between molded and injected because that is the key difference in these things. <laughs> yes. Uh, oftentimes we ask our guests on this show if they've heard the other thing segment. I'd say about 45% of the time we get a blank stare. 
um, about 45% of the time we get folks say, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, let me think. About 9% of the time we get folks that say, oh, yeah, I remember what was that. About 1% of the time, meaning for the first time ever today, we start asking the question and the person says, I'm ready to go. Don't even ask the question. <laughs> and I got a backup. <laughs> Other things, bro dinky, what do you got? So I'm a fan of the other things. Okay. I have yeah, definitely can, picked up. Can we talk least... about this, right? Because this is a controversial portion of the show. We regularly get nasty comments that say, oh, these guys spend 15 minutes talking about fucking whatever at the end of the show. It was and cool they waste until 10 that. minutes in the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is I think this I think this is the best part of our show. Look, who cares about fucking watches? What we care about is molded fucking Cabela's coolers. Sorry yeah, to I interrupt was still, you. Um, speaking of, I was still curious to know if you ever poured those concrete countertops. I moved. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, we moved. We we just we we didn't cut our losses. We cut our gains and we we moved. I still remember that, and for some but, reason, it just popped in my head. Not that like during we were, the episode, and I was like, damn. We were probably like that. weeks, like two to three weeks away from doing it when we found the house that we're in now. He bought the house across the street. Came me. on the market again. <laughs> and and we were like, well, now's the time. And we just listed our house and sold it. Nasty melamine countertops and all. Yeah, and somebody <laughs> bought it for way, way too many money. And I appreciate <laughs> them for it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you. I'm a fan of other things. I've got to say, I've definitely picked up like spicy bags of chips, beers, checked out a new show because of this segment. I think it gives you insight to your hosts a little bit, you know, about who they are. It's not just about the watches, as you said. I happen to have a show. I don't know if you guys have seen this or if you touched on it before. It's on Hulu. I went through the, the whole series. It's one uh, one season. It's called The Dropout. You seen it yet? Not yet. What? Oh, okay. It's, it's Amanda Seyfried. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's done yeah. a lot of... Uh, yep. She's a lot of fantastic. Movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she plays a young entrepreneur, drops out of college, goes with the name of the show, The Dropout. And she is basically inspired by Steve Jobs. She wants to be that kind of a CEO of her own company. And she comes up with this kind of idea for this medical machine. It's going to revolutionize the industry. I'm not going to spoil the whole show here, but it starts to snowball and she gets a few hangups with the machine and it might not be working correctly as they want to at times. And she has to put on a good front and be marketable and sponsors start joining on and starts raising a lot of money. And the whole thing becomes a bit of a house of cards and it's a very much a juggling act and, and it gets pretty suspenseful at times, but it also just shows you like sort of how hype works in other avenues other than just watches and media like that. It's, it's a really interesting happening. And I guess it was, it's based on a true story. So it's also, yeah, this cool. is the story of Elizabeth Holmes. Who I was is, just yeah. going to ask yes. how familiar, how familiar you are with the Elizabeth Holmes. Debacle. Well, I went back and yeah. checked it out after the fact. Okay. Because my wife put me onto it and I was like, I guess we're watching this. And I got a little bit hooked into it and I was like, this is pretty cool. So then I went back and kind of read through the whole bit. Is it pretty close ish to the way, like, is it almost docudrama? At times, they even try to paint her as like giving her deposition in front of the camera for the court and everything. So I think they tried to paint okay. it very 
true to form. I'm, um, I'm sure there's some embellishments here and there. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It it's got to be yeah, I mean, pretty wild at times, but but very cool show overall. You know, I, I haven't watched it, and it's been one of those that uh, we've almost started a handful of times. I think that uh, the the story, Elizabeth Holmes, I, I think there's a lot of ways to interpret this. And, I, you, you know, you have people who will say that kind of she's a victim, that Sonny was really right. uh, the one who was, you know, victimizing her in some ways. Um, but also she's clearly got some uh, predilection and, and she's, you, you know, some of the things, the voice, you, you know, the obvious manufactured deep voice that she's yeah, yes. employed, uh, she nails that, her by the career. Way. She is a cipher, cipher, cipher nails, nails it. it. You, you want to like strangle her half the episodes, but that's just cause she does it so well. Yeah. You, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a really kind of gross and fascinating story. Um, I'm I'm gonna make an admission. I think that Elizabeth Holmes is kind of low key hot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm saying low key. Uh, yeah, no, I, it's something that I haven't watched, like not for any good reason, but I haven't. But but based on that good recommendation, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, give it a look. I'm I'm intrigued. So, I bet you have another thing. I've got another thing. Do me. I teased this last week and said I've got another thing. I'm not quite ready. Um, Always just the tip. That's right. That's right. I just need a little bit more fluffing. So I um, I started a podcast a few weeks ago. Um, I actually like paid for this like monthly subscription podcast thing called The Binge. I did it on a whim and it gives you access to advertisement free podcasts all at once. Some of them that are like mid release. Um, I subscribe to this thing for a specific podcast. It's not this podcast, but now I've paying, I'm paying five bucks a month. So I'm trying to get as much, get your money's worth. Yeah. I'm trying to get my money's <laughs> worth. I started a podcast a few weeks ago called death at the wing. Uh, this is a podcast by Andrew McKay, uh, who's sort of like one of these well-known podcast type journalists. Uh, and it is specifically about, it's a docu podcast series regarding, deaths on uh deaths in basketball professional basketball sometimes college hmm. basketball uh it's and and this whole thing is kind of intertwined with late 70s early 80s politics i think it's fair to call the political context of the podcast woke which is a bad word for some of you it's not for me yeah um you know, I identify with some of the the positions taken by this by the show, and I feel very comfortable with others. Um, but I think for some people, this this is just just fair warning, uh, uh, trigger trigger warning. It's liberal, progressive, woke stuff. So if you're sensitive to that kind of stuff, maybe don't listen. Uh, with that said, maybe do. <laughs> just don't. Uh, with that said. Um, really, it's an examination on the socio-political situation. It, you, you know, and and it talks about basketball too. This is a basketball podcast, right? But it's really in the context of um, a lot of the things happening. I, I said I wasn't ready last week because I wanted to get through the Drazen Petrovic episode. Drazen Petrovic, uh, yep. uh, Portland Trailblazer, you know, near and dear to my heart. Basketball, I grew up on basketball. I cut my teeth on basketball. That is my sport. You know, everybody's got a sport. Not everybody. Some people don't have a sport. 
Um, but you know, we find lots of people are like, I'm hockey, I'm football. I think in the United States, historically baseball, I love baseball. I'm a huge Mariners fan. I love football, huge Seahawks fan, but my first love, my first love was the Portland trailblazers as a, as a 10 year old kid, blazers making the Western conference finals, Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter. I, this is Drazen Petrovich, right? This is my heart and soul, my youth. And so I wanted to get through that episode. Let me tell you. This podcast has been fantastic. Andrew McKay does such a good job with the way he goes back on the historical context. Sometimes you'll get halfway through an episode and you're like, this isn't even about basketball. And it doesn't matter. This is about Reagan era politics, policies. Um, good Lord, this is good. I'd never heard about it. I only even was even exposed to it because I subscribed. To, I did this stupid thing where you subscribe to the thing. Um, Jesus Christ, if you like the NBA, they talk about the merger of the ABA and the NBA too, which is a thing that I didn't really know all that much about. Fascinating story. Death at the Wing, not Andrew, Adam McKay. Death at the Wing, totally worth it, totally wonderful. Listen to it, you'll love it. Unless it's too woke for you, and then you might not, but fuck it. Listen to it anyway. <laughs> it's about basketball and conspiracies. Yeah, it's not really about conspiracies. It's more about like socioeconomic situations that that have, you know, just creating a situation to one's benefit and somebody finding out about it is a conspiracy. It's really about 70s and 80s politics in the United States and how those affected these people in the sport. But fantastic. Love it. I'm down with it. You should listen to it. You'll love it, too. Uh, We'll see. And that's it, man. That's it. We did it. 200 times we've done this. We're an hour and a half in. Fuck it. Who cares? It's the 200th episode. Yeah, we could, go, we could go for three hours if we wanted. We could just Joe Rogan it up in here. We're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> you guys ever take mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> not in the show yet. Uh, I'm super happy to talk about MMA, though, if that's where we need to go. <laughs> Andrew, anything for the good of the order? That's it. I'm so I'm, I'm excited for 200 more. Me too. Let's do this. Yeah. Bro Dinky. Can we mark it down for number 400? The one yeah. and only. We'll be back. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> your, pre-booking you right now. Your next invitation will be just short of four years from now. Anything you want to add for the good of the order? Just a big thanks to you two. And I just want to say, kind of in the same way that you were sort of laying the compliments on me, I've always had an appreciation for your pod specifically because you don't, you don't give in. You don't sway based on public opinion you are who you are and you're true to that and it's always a genuine conversation i don't have to feel like i'm being fed anything at any time and so when you guys asked me to come on it was an absolute yes uh, i wouldn't have missed it thank you so much for having me and uh it's been a great time i'm really looking forward to listening to this one back we're super pleased to have you what an, it, it was an absolute pleasure and we hope you're willing to come back in sooner than four years from now We'll work it out. Yeah, and hopefully, no, I, yeah. uh, I don't know if you'll be in New York. I'll be there this time, I promise, for wind-up. That's we'll, the plan. You live there. I do. I live in yeah. Long Island, which is just outside the city. Quick train ride. So you have no excuses. We'll, we'll be there. I don't. I will meet you there. Andrew, you're my best friend of the world. I'm so glad to do this with you. Another another 200 episodes. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, Let's thanks, you guys, up. for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20 of the Watch Clicker Podcast. Seriously, thank you. 
You can check us out on the website. You know where it's at. You can check it out. Check us out on Instagram. Please check out Pro Danky if you haven't. You already have. We know you have. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. We really do need that support for hosting and whatnot. But if you want to support what we're doing for another 200 episodes, we'd love to have you. And hey, listen, we're going to be here next Thursday because we're here every fucking Thursday. So don't forget to tune in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like every fucking Thursday. <laughs>